Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Holy Communion. We're so glad you have joined us for this sermon. You can find all our sermons at our website, holycommunion.net. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? In the name of the one holy and living God, amen. Well, again, it is a joy to be with you this morning, and I want to tell you the story of Mahatma Gandhi. Some of you probably remember Gandhi. He was the leader of India during their independence struggle. But before that, he had spent some time in South Africa and studying in England. And there's a story that goes that he was on the train somewhere in England, and someone asked him, so what do you think of England? What do you think of this Christian nation? And his response was, I like your Christ but I don't like your Christians. You Christians are nothing like your Christ. <laughs> I've often thought of that line from Gandhi because Christianity has a PR problem. We've had a PR problem, and we continue to have a PR problem because everybody wants to know about Jesus, but they don't often see Jesus reflected in those who profess to follow him. On a bad day, if you happen to watch the news, you will find some Christian preacher saying, the news is bad because of X, Y, Z not doing what they're supposed to do. Anybody seen that? <laughs> no, we have a natural disaster. Oh, well, we're going to blame the gays for the natural disasters, or we're going to blame women for this, or we're going to blame this person for that. And somehow that is a brush that all Christianity gets painted with, isn't it? We, we're, we're awake this morning? Okay. <laughs> you, you, you can talk back. <laughs> so Christianity, needless to say, has a PR problem because this Jesus thing, this following Jesus, while people are interested, they don't necessarily see that reflected in us. The perfect example of that is if any of you got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to watch the royal wedding, Anybody? <laughs> Couple of hands. Our presiding bishop became famous for preaching a sermon about, of all things, love. The presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church became famous for preaching a sermon about Jesus and love. If we did not have a PR problem, I don't know what we have. So what does Mahatma Gandhi, the presiding bishop, and love have to do with our, with our gospel for this morning? I am thrilled that you asked that question. Here's exactly what it has. Here in our gospel, Jesus is running around Caesarea and Philippi with the disciples, and he's been healing, and he's been curing. He's been doing all the things that the Messiah is supposed to do. And he stops and he asks his disciples, so who do people say that I am? And you can almost see the disciples like... Fourth graders, ooh, ooh, me. <laughs> you are John the Baptist, some people are saying, or some others, you are the prophet Elijah, come back. You are doing really well. Pretty much what they were saying to Jesus is, you have a whole bunch of likes on Facebook, and you are trending on Twitter. Your Instagram isn't doing too bad either. <laughs> and Peter, God bless Peter. Peter finally gets something right. Peter, I think that we call Peter the rock because his head was as dense as one of them. 
because Peter just never gets it. But today, today Peter gets it, and not five seconds later, Peter opens mouth and inserts foot. Well, Lord, we, we can't have you going and suffering and doing all these bad things. You're the Messiah. You're supposed to be good. Um, you're supposed to come in and smite people. What's with this, I must go and die and give up my life for others? The thing is, for many of us, we are like Peter, are we not? We are practical. <laughs> we want our faith and our lives to make sense. We want everything in a nice little neat box. But what Jesus does is he comes in and he disrupts all of our expectations of what the Messiah, what God with us, is supposed to be. You see, we want a Messiah who comes with, with fire and brimstone and judgment. We don't want a Messiah who goes to the cross to die. We want a Messiah who's going to come in and all those people that we don't like, we're going to justify that we were right. But instead, we get a Messiah who says to us crazy things like, love your neighbor, love your enemy. I have a hard time loving the people that cut me off on 44, furthermore my enemies. <laughs> he says, turn the other cheek when someone offends you. Forgive as often as you can. And I don't know about you, but I have a hard time sometimes forgiving people. Anybody joining me in that? <laughs> Forgiveness is hard. Following Jesus is just as hard, but that is what he calls us to do. He says, take up your cross and follow me. And that is where all of our problems begin. You see, I think in many ways we have taken our eyes off of following this Jesus. We have taken our eyes off of the prize, and we have become, we've begun to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. We have made it about us rather than following Jesus. And what we're called to do is to take up our cross, to look out the doors of our churches and the places we gather, and look to see where is Christ already present that we can join him in the work of transforming this world through love. I think that is what we are called in following the Jesus. It means that we must look for Jesus, we must look for God present in all the wrong places. We must look for God present in all the wrong people because that is precisely where we will encounter God when we are least expecting to encounter God. Our troubles begin when we think that our faith is about us and what we can, what we can get rather than what we are called to serve others out in this world. This weekend, we celebrate, well not celebrate, we commemorate the 20th anniversary of the attacks of September 11, 2001. On that faithful Tuesday morning, I was standing outside of St. Paul's Chapel in Lower Manhattan for an interview to be the seminarian at Trinity Wall Street and looked up to see the first plane hit the building. And later that day, I was one of the chaplains that came down to try to respond to the first responders and the family members who were looking for those who were lost. It was, in a word, a dark day for our nation and, I suspect, for the world. But the thing is, we tend to commemorate September 11th and forget September 12th. 
On September 12th, the best of who we are came together as a nation and as a world. We joined hands across political divides and said in no uncertain terms that when things are at their worst, we will be at our best. We said that love was going to be our guiding principle as a nation and that we would band together and, and towards hope as a nation and as a people. And then all of that, too, began to fall apart. But for a moment, for a twinkling, we could see each other as simply being people created in the image and likeness of God together. And I can tell you, standing at ground zero for the weeks afterwards, I saw God's face in all the wrong places. In the tired firefighter who called a pew his bed for a couple hours and the family members standing waiting for loved ones who would never come back home. And the voices of children who are looking for parents that they will not hear their voices once more. You see, God was in the voices of all of those who had no voice. God was present in that moment, in that time, and much like God is present in our world today, God shows up in the unexpected and all the wrong places. For us as Christians, for us who follow this Jesus, it means that we must live the best of who we are and keep our eyes on the prize. We must keep our eyes on the prize that is love. We must be able to go out into the world and be the gospel that some people that will read. Because we live in a world where the only gospel, the only good news, the only Jesus that some people will encounter is you. The only person that will take up their cross and follow this crazy Messiah who tells us to turn the other cheek, to love, to bless those who are cursed, bless those who are mourning, the only time that some people will encounter that message is in you. You and I, my sisters and brothers, are called so much so to embody the love of God found in Christ Jesus that the world is drawn to us and to the God who created us. And that is hard. Following Jesus has always been, and I suspect will always be hard, but we don't do it alone. We have siblings, we have sisters, we have brothers, we have those people who will walk with us as companions along this journey. And so today, my challenge to you, my sisters and brothers, is to see the face of God in those you like the least those people who irritate the heck out of you, those people who just annoy you to no end, that is where you will find the face of God. That is where you are challenged to take up your cross and follow Jesus all the way to the cross and beyond. Because you see, the thing is, we serve a God who is always on time. A God who will always see us as enough a God who will always show up in the wrong places, in the wrong people, but just at the right time. And you and I are called to do the same. Archbishop Desmond Tutu has a famous quote where he says, God has appallingly low standards and so should we. And I think that he is right. 
We may have a PR problem, but my sisters and brothers, the way that we transform this world is to be Christ in the world. To do the laundry of love, to be grace gatherings, to be that place where this, where the light of Christ is so bright that others are drawn to the love that is here, made real and present in you. That together, as the followers of Jesus, we can stand and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. That is our call as followers of Jesus. That is our high calling as those who know what the love of God looks like. And so my prayer, my hope, my dream is that we can go out into the world and be Christ for a world who needs to see Christ. That we can go out into the world and show forgiveness for a world who needs to know forgiveness. That we can go out and be love in a world that is deeply broken and in need of love. So this morning, if you remember nothing from this sermon, remember this. God calls you to take up your cross in all the messiness of your life and simply follow where Jesus has gone out of love. Blah, 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 blah. Love. <laughs> Amen.